Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back, friends, to another Waypoint article read. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and today we have Patrick Klepek with his review of Sony Santa Monica's new God of War, in which we revisit one of the most relentlessly bloody-minded and amoral franchise characters this side of Mario, but find him in a new setting, in a new stage of life. But has he, and the series in which he stars, actually changed? Here's Patrick with some answers. We all gotta take responsibility sometime, huh? mutters a young child as he quietly slings a well-worn bow over his back. His eyes never break with a towering presence nearby, a man the child calls father. To those unfortunate enough to have crossed paths with him, though, it's Kratos, the god of war. Most who question him slide through his fiery blades, blood scattered to the winds, but his son, Atreus, is different, and so is this god of war. Using Atreus as a vehicle, his creators have decided to turn the tables on him, and therefore, themselves. What does it mean to create, to be, a monster? It's been 13 years since God of War arrived on PlayStation 2, a game whose sense of grandiosity, penchant for violence, and overwrought gravitas was utterly captivating. It looked incredible, played nearly as well, and delivered the kind of cinematic thrill ride video games had promised for decades. The game's still memorable intro, an electrifying battle against a screen-filling Hydra, summed up the original God of War's pitch. A badass with a purpose, tricked into killing his wife and daughter by an all-powerful deity. God of War came at a time when the notion of a gritty premise and an anti-hero didn't draw critical eye rolls. It was new. It helped that Kratos felt like a character with meaningful depth and pathos. At least more than one normally expected from an action game about fighting giant monsters. As the Roman numerals on the games went up, so did the much-applauded spectacle. Bigger monsters, larger fights, and an escalation of violence to go with it. But it increasingly revealed the series, and Kratos himself, as one note. It was hard to fathom how one would even go about topping God of War 3's escalation of events, so for a while they just didn't. But God of War, releasing next week on PlayStation 4, is a functional reboot of the long-running series. Though it takes place in the same timeline as the previous games, set years after God of War 3, it's a radical rethinking of what it means to play a God of War game, and to tell a God of War story. Kratos' ultimate goal in previous games has ranged anywhere from tracking down and killing a god to declaring war on every god and find out how they've wronged him. Here, though, it's much simpler. Kratos' wife, the mother of his son, has died, and her final wish is to have her ashes scattered from the highest point in the realm. From the opening moments to the final credits, most of the action in God of War is about this one singular goal. Now, don't fret an early moment suggests perhaps outside actors have their own agendas, and the game certainly indulges in the audacious spectacle that's defined the series for years. But this focus informs the action, it informs the story, and most importantly, it defines the core relationships. The biggest question mark about the game has been all about one of those core relationships. The one between Kratos and his son, Atreus. 
kind of worries in the first game to propose a sidekick, but there's a reason most games avoid the temptation. It often doesn't work. How many times have you screamed at incompetent AI, knowing their mistakes were responsible for your death? It drags everything down. Fortunately, fortunately, Atreus not only works, but he's the reason the game works at all. The roughly 10-year-old, it's not fully said, is tightly woven into the game's combat and story. In fights, he's a versatile tool for tackling those in your way. And in cutscenes and conversations, he's the audience surrogate, a living, meta-narrative critique of Kratos' entire purpose for existence. Like many video game sidekicks, Atreus can die, but God of War gives you ample warning when he's in danger. It's also easy to get him back, and to be honest, any hazard he's in is usually because you're doing a crap job of managing the fight itself. At the start of the game, Atreus does little more than pelt enemies with arrows as a distraction. But as you unlock new abilities over the course of the story, you're given all sorts of really interesting options for how to use them, both depending on the situation and your style of play. As Atreus progresses from skittish to empowered in combat, he does the same in the game's story. His performance is charming, exasperating, and adorable in all the ways you'd expect from someone his age. Instead of a distraction, he's a welcomed foil to the cynical Kratos, a character who spent his life rhetorically and actionably unchallenged. Kratos' penchant for punching first and asking questions later remains a singular driver in the story, but now Atreus becomes a real-time counter to his often questionable decision-making. At one point, after seeking out a magical item needed for the quest to continue, there's a lot of those, Kratos and Atreus end up in the middle of a conflict between two sides. Kratos doesn't know who's good and who's bad, only that whoever gets in his way should probably stop, or they're going to die. After killing a boss-like character, there's a moment where the creature begins speaking. One of the game's regular riffs is how Kratos' strength does little to help him understand other people, while Atreus has spent his life learning about other people and culture from his mother. When the creature speaks, Kratos holds a punch while Atreus translates what he's saying. What Atreus hears startles him to the core. The creature claims they're slaughtering good people. Atreus, did we pick the wrong side? Kratos, I. Atreus, are you going to give me some sort of smug response about how you shouldn't care? Kratos, hmm. Moments like this permeate the story, changing in tone and meaning as the relationship between the two fluctuates. It's also remarkably funny, as in regularly making you chuckle out loud funny. It's a total delight and a surprise. You can imagine what happens as Atreus grows in confidence, and Kratos is forced to reckon with an individual he can't suddenly dismiss with his fists. The most powerful storytelling in God of War has nothing to do with the larger narrative, the war between the gods, but how Kratos and Atreus explore being father and son, now that Kratos can no longer rely on his wife being the medium between the two of them. He is the parent. Somehow, in a game about gods fighting other gods, God of War feels grounded. And because of some of the new directions it moves the series in, it has the room to explore the mythological family drama. By giving God of War small-stake tension, the whole thing benefits. The strict linearity of previous games has been dropped in favor of something more open. Open world is a nebulous term that often means a huge map with lots to do, or a game world with colliding systems that result in unexpected moments, like Far Cry. This is more of the former, which means the game is full of unexpected moments of quiet and silence, which is unusual for a series built on bombast. God of War fills these moments with meaningful, character-building banter between a forcibly bonded father and son. Atreus teases Kratos' inability to tell a story. Kratos asks Atreus what he misses about his mother. Conversations in previous God of War games have tended to be long preambles before two bees fight one another, but here, it's a chance for introspection and reflection, even if it means Atreus is prying it out of Kratos. These tiny details raise those emotional stakes and the narrative beats that follow. A little ways into God of War, 
Kratos and Atreus find themselves on a massive lake with a temple, which becomes kind of their home base. From this lake, you can keep following the main story or start exploring around, stumbling into sprawling side quests with hours of their own stories. When you hear about the dwarven castle, just make sure you do it. When on one of those quests, things are pretty linear, but feature all sorts of hidden secrets, puzzles, and world building that will A, cause Kratos to humorously grumble as Atreus tries to get him to help other people, and B, result in mounds of gear and skills that are absolutely worth grabbing. I didn't really keep track, but once I had access to the lake, I spent roughly, I don't know, half a dozen hours with whatever I could do before returning to the story. Throughout the game, there's actually good reason to explore every nook and cranny all over again, to the point that God of War often starts feeling like a Zelda game, or honestly, Darksiders. Even if you decide to mainline the story, you're looking at an adventure that'll take you 20 hours to see all the way through. If you do a bunch of side quests, that time's going to probably double. I dove into tons of side content, and it's looking like I have at least another 10 hours, and I'm guessing I've missed a bunch of stuff. The notion of freedom and exploration is extended into God of War's revised combat, too. Your primary weapon for the vast majority of the game is the versatile Leviathan Axe, which can be wielded and thrown both in and outside of combat. It factors into all sorts of puzzles, too. God of War walks a line between complexity and simplicity, asking players to make their own decision on how much depth they want to grant it. You can probably get through most of the game by whacking at buttons, but if you want to truly take advantage of what it's offering, or survive the really hard, really hard difficulty levels and end game challenges, you're going to need to dig in and truly start to understand it. If the older games were about chaining combos, now it's chaining skills. There are still rewards for stringing together buttons, but more often success is situational analysis, unleashing an area of effect attack because there's a bunch of weak enemies, switching to a certain arrow type because it's likely to put them in a weakened state really fast. That's where the surprisingly deep customization comes in. This is the first God of War with loot, but we're not talking Diablo or Destiny, where you're sifting through literally hundreds of items. It's a relatively small pool of gear at any one time. If you want to focus on strength, there's gear for that. More health, sure. Armor that splits the difference between offense and defense, alright, there you go. There are enchantments, buffs, counters, stances, and special moves to consider as well. It's a lot, but it is manageable. More importantly though, it just feels good to fight. Though Kratos is weighty, combat often feels like a dance, thanks to the many options available at any one moment. Whenever I pulled up my skill set, I was shocked to remember how many moves I was regularly forgetting to use. And given how spectacular this God of War looks, and noting its debut on PlayStation 4, it wouldn't have been shocking to see the developers follow in their old footsteps, indulging in over-the-top and gratuitous violence meant to shock the player's senses. This is a series where you were once asked to tab R1 and L1 in order to slowly tear the head off of a character. God of War doesn't have much of that. At least, at least, at least, at least, not anywhere close to its past indulgences. There are moments when the game rewards the player with hyperviolence, but it happened rarely enough in this one that I was slightly taken aback when it came up, or when it did occur, it was used in a way shock is most effective, illustrating the raw power of Kratos and his constant inability to control himself. Sometimes, though, it did feel totally masturbatory, as the developers feel this weird burden to keep pace with the past because fans demanded it. But I guess maybe that's just part of God of War. God of War is ultimately as much a reflection of how games have changed since 2005 as it is a natural response by the people who made the choice to make yet another game in the series. Many of the senior developers on this game have been with the series since the beginning. 
a number of them, including God of War creative director Corey Barlog, now have children, and you can see their tiny fingerprints all over the game. It's part of this broader datification of games in which a largely male-dominated industry is going through the motions of aging, and the products they're making are beginning to reflect those changes in life development. Quote, Our audience and developers are getting older, but are still not observant of how they make all other types of people serve them for their character growth. For some reason, we think making people assholes who might change to be nice one day morally complicated. That was written by games critic Matty Bryce in 2013 while critiquing the Joel character in The Last of Us, but it feels very relevant to God of War. The datification of games often means we view the game world through the eyes of men too. God of War is no different. Though Kratos' wife is the primary driver of the game's plot, we never hear her speak. She is an enormous presence, yes, but one that lingers in the shadows, whose impact is largely measured by her influence on the men in her life, not her individual achievements. There is accomplishment in parenting a child and being a loving wife, but motherhood and being a worthwhile companion is not the totality of a woman. There are other women characters in the game, one of them is central to the plot, with all sorts of agency, but Kratos' wife is not afforded the same opportunity. But much like the real world, God of War is full of angry men, driven by lust, power, and jealousy. And Kratos is an asshole. He's always been an asshole, even when he's right. Corey Barlog told this to me at E3 last year. Quote, I think what's interesting is to be able to take a character all the way to the brink, to take a character to the point where they're wholly unlikable. They are anti-hero in some way, but I think it's interesting to even just look at the feeling of like, how can you bring them back from the brink? How can you redeem them in some ways? This question sits at the heart of God of War. Why does someone change, and how do we define progress? What does it mean to change when you don't believe you're capable of it? It's a flawed premise. Not everyone actually deserves redemption, but it's one rooted in optimism because it's the fourth game in the series. Sixth if you count the PSP games, seventh if you count the mobile game, eighth if you count Ascension, and the story has to move forward. Though it sometimes feels like God of War itself doesn't want to move forward, the last five hours in an otherwise well-paced game are an often frustrating, if occasionally thrilling, bait-and-switch as you're tasked with finding yet another magical object. One of the reasons I'm attracted to horror movies is that, like video games, they're prone to sequels, formulas, and the habit of chasing the same highs over and over again. Whenever I find a horror franchise with a dozen sequels, I'm ecstatic. For one, it does mean they probably go to the moon eventually. But more to the point, I'm fascinated by the way creators try to invent new ways to press the narrative, twisting a story that should have concluded into new unneeded knots. God of War has always been about Kratos being unable to find peace. No matter how many people he kills, it's never enough. He always finds another way to be slighted, a justification for his hatred, another reason to pick up the fabled blades and find more sheep to slaughter. Quote, the narrative attempts to keep giving Kratos new reasons to pick up his trademark twin blades might seem silly, wrote former games critic Yannick Lajak in a 2015 piece about Kratos' irredeemability at Kotaku. But if you look at them from the right angle, they reveal a tragic aspect of the game's central character. After accomplishing his one understandable goal, revenge, in the first game, Kratos can't just change his ways and become a normal guy again, even if he wanted to. That's not how suffering from post-traumatic stress works. The series could have ended with the third game, with Kratos as a character reaching a logical, if undeniably tragic, conclusion. There was no reason for God of War or Kratos to return if the plan was simply to resurrect him and have him walk the same path. It was well-worn. And yet, here we are, a sequel. The developers at Sony Santa Monica could have invented a new character, but they didn't. In doing so, they've chosen to flip Kratos' old motivations. What if he wanted to move on, but couldn't? The other reason I'm drawn to horror series with endless sequels is because it says something about us, the audience. 
This is also true of video game sequels that continue to center on the same character. Why are we attracted to Kratos? If it simply was the gameplay that brought us back, the main character could change. We enjoy participating in Kratos' specific version of violent rage because he's so good at it. We can't look away, and if Kratos beckons us back, we need to know why he's back, too. God of War feels like a game made by parents. Humans who arrogantly concluded they should have the responsibility to usher a child into a dangerous world beset by emerging authoritarianism, growing inequality, and the unending march of climate change. Unless you think I'm wagging a finger, I'm currently raising one myself. Having a kid is the fastest way to be visibly confronted with your own flaws and failings, and be forced to reckon with the notion of legacy. Your child only knows the person they've met after being born, and much like the selective images we share and post on social networks, being a parent is a performance. It's not you, it's a version of you. It's alluring to view a child's ignorance as an opportunity to start over, to be the better version of yourself. What they don't know won't hurt them, right? Most of us aren't hiding our true nature as a god, of course. But a huge part of what makes God of War tick is how eminently relatable the problems are between Kratos and his son. All parents hide secrets from their children, arguing it's in their best intent. Even what they're really arguing is that it's in their best intent. This tension is at the core of God of War. And it's one that informs everything about the game, the narrative, the combat, everything. When you have a child, there's a long period where everything is in theory, not practice. It takes a while before what you say and do has meaning. And even longer before a child can reasonably question your authority, intent, and argument. People joke about their children asking why, why, why over and over again. But the moment they do, you realize how hard it is to explain how the world works and how easy it is to lie about it. But I've long believed there are two general approaches. Either you try to protect your child from the world, or you prepare them for it. And the world isn't just what's outside the walls of your home, it's what lives within them, too. The most loving parent is, too, full of flaws, weakness, and years of regret. And you can either pretend those don't exist, or realize the best gift you can give is embracing it. Kratos and Atreus, in turn, represent two arguments of their own. A life of mistrust has led Kratos to conclude you should stick with what you know. Screw everyone else. He's a coward who figures it's not worth the trouble. Atreus, of naivete and taught empathy of his mother, argued it is worth the trouble. Life isn't worth living, he posits, if you're not trying to make it better. In God of War, Kratos regularly, if begrudgingly, helps the innocent people of Midgard, folks he owes nothing to. He invites trouble. He does it because Atreus isn't child in theory, a pound of flesh wrapped in a towel, but a person with thoughts and feelings of their own. In Atreus, Kratos' cowardice is reflected in a living mirror, one he's unable to look away from. It's impossible to know Kratos' heart of hearts, the same way we don't know if people we know, friends, family, parents, change either. Kratos changing means less than whether he feels it's important to say he's changed. Shame is a useful tool. You may not be able to evolve hearts and minds, but it's not the one measure of success. Progress comes in many forms. People don't have to actually change. They can pretend while the rest of us move forward. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Okay, and we're back here with uh, Patrick Klepek, who you just uh, heard reading his review. And uh, Patrick, there's something I wanted to dig into here. Please, uh, right ahead. All right. So there's kind of a contradiction or tension in your article that kind of had me smiling, kind of had me on pins and needles. Uh, you're obviously hip to the fact that, like, datifying characters is the go-to move in games and some other media to hold up a mirror to, like, violent, emotionally stunted male leads. And uh, it's kind of another and more sensitive way to keep the focus, like, firmly on problematic men and their experiences. Uh, but then a good portion of this review is, anyway, here's how this resonated with me as a father. And I'm curious how you resolve that that tension for yourself, like how, how you uh, sort of assess that as you were uh, approaching this critically. Well, I mean, uh, I think it's natural. Like the datification of games, I think, happens, like it's happening on like two sort of like different through lines, right? And so there's datification of games that is happening uh, on the game developer side, and then it's undeniable that on my side, I am a father. The datification of Patrick Klepek is ongoing. Uh, and it, I, it is an advanced project at this point. <laughs> it is, it is. It is. We're, we're 18 months in uh, with, with uh, what is it, uh, 16 and a half years to go. Uh, and it, I, I find it impossible to not look at games through that lens, as I imagine a lot of game developers find it impossible to not think about games through that lens. And so when you, uh, you know, I can't, I guess I can't speak a little bit to like my conversation with Corey Barlog and some folks I know that have worked on that series and did work on this game. Um, they're like, that was like part of the pitch for themselves, even convincing themselves to work on the game was, hey, uh, I can't, I couldn't just go make another one of those because uh, my feelings on those games have changed. My my feelings toward the world have changed. My, I, you know, I'm a, a parent now, or even I'm not a parent. Just like the difference between 20, 2005 and 2018 in terms of how we think about and present violence is just um, is radically different. And so uh, I tried to approach the game on sort of its own terms. I think uh, it, it's you can look at God of War, and I think people could credibly say there's no why is this character the character that needed to be redeemed like you could argue that kratos uh not even argue like kratos is like a uh fascistic uh genocidal maniac who has engaged in all sorts of horrifying misogyny uh to which he deserves no redemption uh you know this is a fictional character not a historical account um this is not uh, a character that ha they're not telling a story that needed to be told they're telling a story that they thought needed to be told uh and this is the vehicle they they chose um to tell through and so i think like for me part of how i approached it was sort of just you kind of have to entertain the the suspension of disbelief you kind of have to entertain the premise and and if you can't get that far which i think is reasonable i think there's some people who go and i like fuck it and fuck kratos and like none of this is is worth addressing uh i think that's completely reasonable it's actually something i want to write about later uh but but for me like i i tried to dive into that tension. I try to think from the perspective of those developers, both as someone who has spoken with them, knows them, and then also as a critic and also as a father and tried to mix all of those things together um, in, in the review that I wrote that was both trying to un 
not understand just the lens the game is using to portray its its violence and its its thoughts on on parenting and and legacy and and your past and the lies that we tell children and ourselves but also given that I'm going through some of those same emotions myself uh sort of like how, how did or didn't those elements of the game speak to me um you know as a parent that that is you know still figuring that stuff out as I go along I wanted to dig in that idea of uh, redemption a little bit because one, I'm just kind of curious whether or not you feel that uh, Kratos is like largely redeemed over the course of the story. Um, but I think the other part of it is I, I really enjoy the section of your review where you're talking about this idea of like parenting as performance. Uh, there's this uh, to a degree of necessity, you are sort of reinventing yourself uh, or, or like portraying a version of yourself to your child uh, that maybe allied some of the past versions of yourself that you you now reject. Uh, but I also kind of wonder if, if there's an element of uh, the the way we tend to really heavily weigh per- people's personal morality as opposed to uh, their their broader behavior, right? Like Kratos, like does Kratos earn the right to to have a game? sort of conclude that like, well, there is some sort of core of decency here, here, here. He can at least empathize with his own child and therefore maybe he's not all bad. When I, when I think increasingly like, you know, we, we learn now that a lot of people have completely different standards of behavior that they apply to people in their circle versus the face they show the world at large. And I'm kind of curious whether you feel that Kratos actually becomes any kind of like morally redeemed character uh, beyond just the fact that like, he's less than shitty to a kid. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the game's does, you know, without getting too far into, uh, uh, you know, the actual arc of the game, I think the game does speak to the sense that maybe actually Kratos is irredeemable. And it's sort of what I get at in the conclusion of my piece was that like, what, like the measure of progress, like is progress that Kratos actually changes or Kratos acts as though he's changed or, performs differently, right? Like, and it's, I think it was thinking this in the context of uh, how we talk about, you know, uh, changing like gender norms and and racism is like, are you actually changing those people's minds or have we changed society uh, as such that they feel a sense of shame or just that it's not acceptable to act a certain way? Like, is it actually crucial to change people or is it more crucial to change the context around them and that forces them to change? And I think the game is more of the latter that like it's 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 possible that Kratos has changed. I I don't know that it matters though. Like I think it matters that the situation around him has changed and that situation uh you know is his kid and and his kid forces him into uncomfortable uh situations and and even if any of you were like let's just say like for the sake of argument they're like yes he's changed and like actually there's there's a good person in there that you know uh, was there, like, you know, committing genocide and, like, wrecking civilizations for no reason other than uh, his own bloodlust. Um, I, 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 I puzzle on how much that sort of matters. Like, I, it's, it's a confusing game because the, the parts that it speaks loud, uh, I think your takeaway could be something in that realm. But I do think the game, in a softer voice, and, and maybe that's more the developers, I don't, I don't know, uh, speaks to this idea that, uh, actually, he is just a bad person. And, and also, I think it speaks to this performance aspect, right? Like, or, or not even necessarily the performance, but like when you constantly read about uh, 
folks that are misogynistic or racist or or any other you know things uh, in which people are, are problematic and bad. Uh, they treat and compartmentalize other people differently. It's why you'll, you know, find a racist that has, like, a good black friend. Because, like, oh, he's the good black friend. And it's, like, is that – that's not change. That's just sort of compartmentalizing, like, your issues in a way that uh, makes you feel safe and comforted. Um, and it's sort of hard to know, like, where Kratos ends on that. But if the end of the, the, the story is, you know, something about, like, giving his son, like, uh, a different path um, – I guess Kratos maybe sees that as a success. Um, you know how that that all plays out. That's that's really like to folks that are listening. Like, that's not a, a spoiler at all. Like that is the broad theme of the the game. Like to start with is just like what if Kratos, but not shitty. Um, and I'm uh, I think it could have been a little bolder. I think it could have been a little louder about some of those parts. But I'm I wish I was surprised at how much it actually vocalized using the the character of Atreus, his son, um, sort of as a, an audience surrogate, like as basically as a, a meta-narrative critique of Kratos as a character. Um, but I don't know if that necessarily justifies its creation in the first place. Like, I don't know if there's, even at the end, like even if I think the game is largely a success and like does some really fascinating things uh, with character work, I don't know that that still argues like, oh, well, Kratos should have been the vehicle for this story. Because like anybody could have been the vehicle for this story like Kratos is comes with a lot of baggage like Kratos is a character who's engaged in uh quick time event uh mini games uh, having sex with women um and you can't erase all that the game doesn't touch on that right like this is something I had to get into my review because at some point I just I was half sick and uh was you know I was 3,500 words in but like the game doesn't reckon the game reckons with Kratos's violence it doesn't reckon with his misogyny it doesn't reckon um with uh his uh, genocidal, uh, fascistic nature. Like, it it compartmentalizes that into his violence and uses that as the one lens uh, through which to sort of comment on uh, both how the developers made games back then and the decisions they chose uh, to make with Kratos as a character. Um, and then, like, you know, their, their proposal on how to uh, potentially give him some sort of path forward uh, from there. Yeah, that, that was something I was a little bit curious about was um, you mentioned in your review that uh, the figure of Atreus's mother is she she looms large in the story, but we only see her in outline and shadows, basically, right? And in terms of like what she's left left projected on these on these two characters, um, and I guess like if there were a place you're going to address some of the misogyny, is like is there any sort of hint or suggestion as to who this woman was, or like how Kratos ended up having a relationship with her, how she tried to. Uh, raise her child because it did sort of seem like every interaction we've seen uh, between like Kratos and women in the series is entirely like misogynistic and and deeply superficial it is literally like women exist in the stories either to be fridged or they're sex objects and that's basically it or they're like licentious temptresses uh that that have to be destroyed in the end anyway uh and so I'm kind of curious how you get like if the game even sort of tries to suggest that like, oh yeah, there was somebody that like Kratos actually had a relationship with that Atreus there there is a there is a fully formed person, at least somewhere in the story, uh fully formed woman somewhere in the story, uh, that is having an impact in this narrative. And and does do we do we get any sort of detailed sense of like who and why this this person had these relationships? It's all implied, um, which yeah. is a problem. Um, I, I both because I think it undercuts the story it's trying to s- 
to uh, to tell um, because I think it doesn't allow the game to fully reckon with everything in its past, right? Like if it's a game about confronting legacy uh, and and past mistakes and sort of evolving judgment uh, of of your own circumstances and your own actions, it is uh, I think a grave mistake and and this is probably you know as i speak this out loud like i'm uh, now I'm, I'm bummed i didn't dig this into more of my review and it has to be something i follow up on but i think it is a it, it's a big misstep for for the game because i i do think the actual story it does tell is 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 pretty powerful um uh, but it yes like his wife uh, it is implied that they had like a real relationship that he like settled down and like there was something appealing about him, right? Like, uh, I, you know, I don't, uh, it doesn't get into the specifics. We don't, we don't get a flashback that like tells you, uh, how Kratos got to where he was. Like part of the game's trick is that there's just a large gap in time between Kratos, uh, mm-hmm. beating the, sh- the shit out of a man's face on top of Mount Olympus at the end of God of War three, uh, and killing his father, uh, and cut to, uh, like, Oh, he's out in the middle of the woods, uh, chopping logs and raising a kid. And it's implied, it's also implied that he hasn't been around lately or has not been fully involved in his kid's life. Like there are clearly gaps between, uh, Kratos being around and involved in, uh, his, uh, wife and his son. Uh, you're not sure why is he off doing godly things? You know, it's really, it's, it's really not uh, clear, but I, but I do think that was a, a, the path not taken there was one where the game, could have reckoned with, or at the very least acknowledged um, that past, because it very much focuses on uh, Kratos, uh, Kratos's violence, which absolutely, like if, I guess, if you were to stack um, Kratos and his flaws, like violence would be at the top. But um, that doesn't um, just because you address that does not uh, sort of exclude um, all the other problems with the the character and the decisions that were made uh, by the people who created him um, uh, and. Uh, it's it's too bad. I, I if they had the game wouldn't even, wouldn't even have had to have done that much. I think to have given her more of a voice, more of an active role. Like I mean, I, the argument I, I, I suppose would be that the character of Atreus like is the living you know the living mirror, the living embodiment of uh, what Kratos you know is, is is trying or acknowledges or grows to learn throughout the course of the the story uh, is you know like what this woman already did, which was like try and teach teach uh, her son, you know, to be empathetic, to be kind, to be uh, uh, smart. And uh, we don't know much, but like, maybe she was also terrible. Maybe she was also bad. Like it's <laughs> right. like, because we get, we learn nothing about her. It's, it's possible that like, she's also uh, fucked up and violent in her own way. And has also other problems, but we're, we're not given any of that. She is just this idealized version uh, of a person because they actually don't address her in the narrative other than as a uh, sort of a, a vehicle for what the characters go off to do. And and it's a powerful motivation, but there's just been, you know, 15 minutes of them hanging out in the cabin, hunted for fish, just something. Um, I mean, I guess then you run into the problem of just, you know, introducing a, a woman character and then killing them off. And the mm-hmm. game does have a, a central uh, a woman character uh, at the heart of it that has a lot of agency and uh, it's not sexualized. It's not a romantic uh, interest for Kratos that is never hinted at, pushed at, engaged in. Um, she's off doing her own thing for her own reasons. Um, but I, it's it feels as though that was the game's way of addressing that as opposed to doing it a little more uh, head on. Um, and and that's 
that's definitely unfortunate. Reading this review, I get the sense that like maybe the point of comparison for this new God of War in some ways feels like maybe like the late career Clint Eastwood movies, uh, or at least the, the the better ones, right? Like sure. uh, Unforgiven or Mystic River, where it's large. Like those are both stories about like incredibly violent men trying to do something at least somewhat moral and upright in in their sort of twilight, right? Yeah, um, and, and like, it, like it's worth remembering, like in the context, like Kratos is not a singular force of violence in the world of God of War. Like it is, uh, it is both demonstrated, implied, uh, written into uh, uh, God of War as a universe that the gods are terrible. They exist only to sort of manipulate and uh, destroy and exploit. Uh, they're the gods are to be feared. And to be cowered in front of, like there, there is not the gods are not your friend. And uh, although uh, Kratos, being you know the heir to the to the god of war, uh, is you know has a, a penchant for violence, that you don't want to run into Zeus and Odin and everyone else either, right? Like they're all bad. Uh, it's just Kratos is our you know the vehicle uh, that the game chooses to to explore that stuff with. But uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it is. It's you don't want to live in that world. Everyone seems yeah. bad. Uh. Something else that I found uh, kind of cool in this is that the the rap on the earlier God of War games always seemed to be that, like, they had this button-mashing reputation that not only was the story itself like a power fantasy, but in some ways they even played like a competence fantasy uh, for players. Like, you as a player were asked to do not that much, maybe, but, like, you were rewarded with controlling this, like, unstoppable badass killing machine. Uh, and a big part of that was was like paying off that that fantasy, and it sounds like here they've tried to make a much more uh, uh, complicated, uh, rewarding game to play. Yeah, I would say that's uh, that's true in a lot of facets of the game. I would in the sort of like uh, the the wider open space that you have to explore. Uh, the game has a lot of quiet moments. Like that's where a lot of the character building happens like certainly there is stuff in the cutscenes um mm-hmm. but i would say my favorite moments in the game are when kratos and his son are just paddling in a boat and looking around and there's a lot of really good idle chatter where they you know I, as i mentioned in my review uh one of the, the kind of running jokes in the game is how bad kratos is at telling stories like he's just an awful storyteller despite having experienced so many incredible things over the years and of course his son wants to hear those stories and will constantly prompt him for those stories and then tell him how bad he is at telling those stories and uh there's some good payoff for for that stuff as the the story goes along um and it uh, allows a different dynamic to play out because so much of like the actual beat for beat narrative is uh bombastic but like this this Oh, this larger world that you can poke and prod in allows the game to have some sort of introspection and, and quiet that uh, the series, I, I, you know, now that it's there, desperately needed um, as a way of uh, fleshing out the character. Because often in God of War, the a lot of the speaking parts are, you know, two angry people speaking at each other before they try to slit one another's throats. Um, and the combat itself, I it's, I, it's a little much up front. It is, uh, it is both simple and... Complicated. I think once you wrap your head around some of the basics, uh, there's like a couple of things you can stick with that'll allow you to uh, work your way through the combat without too much trouble. But if you want to go all the way down the rabbit hole and really customize uh, your play style, I think the game offers an incredible amount of variety. I mean, I played 
it's somewhere between 25 and 30 hours before I uh, put the game down uh, to write my review, and I was still having an enormous amount of fun uh, in any combat scenario that came came up. And so I think that's a real testament to the combat system, because that's definitely not how I felt in other God of War games, where at some point it became very rote um, and very... Uh, mechanical uh, in a way that was not uh, nearly as satisfying and and they have found something in this one uh you know it's largely built around one weapon you know you have uh this leviathan axe that you can uh both use as like a a a a uh, short range weapon a mid-range weapon a long range weapon when you throw it away then your fists become available as an option there's a whole different move set for that and it's just a uh, fascinating game from a, a combat perspective that I think once people start digging into it, they're going to yeah. they're gonna find that uh, both there's a lot to chew on and then a lot for them to figure out, like, oh, actually, like, I would like to be a more – I, I want to have a lot of health, but uh, I won't hit that hard. But that means I'll be able to kind of, like, play my distance and uh, take my time. And there's just a lot of options for, for players in a way that I was, I was surprised how much uh, there was given – partially given how little they've shown of this game prior to it actually being released. And that open world didn't uh, start to feel like a, like an obstacle in any way, because like because one of the things that I remember hearing about like um, what was a Dragon Age Inquisition was that like yes there was an open world but really the story was so linear that like the open world became just a lot of empty space separating the next chunk of what you were actually there to do uh, from the last thing you did. You know what I mean? Like the open world yeah. wasn't really a place that rewarded traveling through it or finding other things to do within it. Uh, you you felt like the, the the journey in this one and the side quests you do are still places where you are learning more about Kratos, more about Atre- uh, Atreus and and their relationship. Yeah, it's actually incredibly small. So like it's it's only big relative to what God of War is used mm-hmm. to. Like the actual uh, map of the geometry uh, or the size of the geometry is is relatively small. Like, you know, I I remember uh, playing through Assassin's Creed Origins, and I you know I played like I don't know whatever twenty twenty five hours of that game by the time I. I finished it, and I still hadn't seen, like, 40% of the map. Like, uh, that stuff, like, is impressive technically. I guess, or maybe not even impressive technically anymore because it's it's not that hard to, to pull off um, given uh, the way technology has gone. But, like, big for big sake is not impressive anymore. Like, uh, these days, like, I'm far more interested in, like, a small, dense, but still, like, largish area but has a lot to do and a lot of character um and god of war feels very handcrafted um there's a very sort of uh, uh i don't want to explain the mechanics of it but i the there is a very clever reason for the world to expand despite the fact that it doesn't actually get bigger uh if that makes any sense um and so the area that you're used to there'll be suddenly new things to do um but it doesn't mean that like a whole nother uh rel you know world has opened up it's the same spot you've been poking around in mm-hmm. there is just a reason that there's more of it for you to check out and uh once it all sort of like connects and you see like the big picture towards the end of the game uh it's incredibly clever in what they've accomplished there in, in a way that uh you just really get to know a place like i traversed all sorts of areas in those god of war games and i liked those games a lot for what they were uh but i couldn't tell you anything about like the places I was in. And, and this God of War feels very much like trying to establish a sense of place. Uh, it's, a, it's a game that takes place in a world of gods and monsters and screen-filling monstrosities. Uh, but the reason I think it works is because it finds that small stakes are actually more impactful than, you know, one god killing another. Or that in order for that kind of stuff to really land, you need to establish the smaller stuff 
first. Um, and God of War 1 had that to some extent because the, the original game opens, you know, with Kratos accidentally killing uh, his wife uh, and daughter. Um, and, like, that's, like, that's a pretty powerful, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, big stakes, but, like, <laughs> relative to, you know, in a world of gods, like, uh, kind of small stakes. But it gives it gives Kratos, like, a, you know, a, 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 just, a justifiable reason Um uh, to sort of like kick off uh, his uh, murderous uh, adventures, and and this one, you know, is a very simple. Like they were going to go scatter the ashes of um, this wife and mother, and the game sticks. Like that's always on the horizon. It is it is always the reason that they go somewhere else or do something. It is always in service of accomplishing that goal. And I think by having that guiding light, uh, the game is is better for it. I guess my last, que- like, my last question would be, does this game leave the series much of a place to go from here? Uh, like, does this, like, does this trick even work more than once? Like, I don't like, I don't like where it leaves it. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, uh, because part of the reason I like this, what this game attempts to do and what it does do is that small stake stuff, right? It's small stakes within... Uh, a larger uh, uh, world um, of of grandiosity, um, but it's effective because of the small stake emotions you have between the the central characters. Um, and where it's left, uh, I mean, maybe this will just be DLC or something they're going to address. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, but what is implied by where it could go directly from here, if they proceed directly to what is implied by the end of the game, uh, it would seem that they're headed towards kind of the same old stuff like all right i more worlds you know worlds the world is ending kind of stakes and Mm -hmm. i don't know if maybe they can find a way to to kind of maintain that but i don't know if it it just kratos and his son going through the world is ending adventures uh it feels like they're just going to fall into the same arc of before where it's like you're going to increase the spectacle you're going to increase the uh, grandiosity, and at some point you can't do that anymore, and then you start from scratch all over again. Um, I, you know, fuck it, ditch the two of them and go. Let me go follow his mother for <laughs> for twelve hours. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I there there are different paths that I hope it takes, or I hope that the obvious path is not the one uh, that they choose uh, to go down um, because it would be it would seem to be difficult to pull off what they attempted to do here. Um, without falling into some of the same pitfalls as before. Cool. Uh, well, I can't believe that like I'm actually interested in a God of War game uh, in 2018. Yeah, me, you, you and me both. Yeah, I, I'm really surprised and uh, really curious to check this one out. Uh, God of War is available for $60 for PlayStation 4. Uh, you can read Patrick's view, review at waypoint.vice.com as well as everything else we write. Our thanks, as always, to Bowen for his track "Miss You" off the track "Pale" Ma- off the EP "Pale Machine." You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Patrick, where can people find you? Find me at Patrick Klepek. All right, we'll be back on Friday for Waypoint Radio. Until then, for Patrick Klepek, I'm Rob Zachney. Uh, saying, have a great week. Black. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.